What's working on purpose anyway? Each week we ponder the answer to this question. People ache for meaning and purpose at work, to contribute their talents passionately and know their lives really matter. They crave being part of an organization that inspires them and helps them grow into realizing their highest potential. Business can be such a force for good in the world, elevating humanity. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration to help usher in this world we all want, working on purpose. Now, here is your host, Dr. Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose program. Thanks for tuning in again this week. Great to have you. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Cortez, doing you live from Texas, which is my home base. By way of introduction, I'm a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose, organizational logotherapist, inspirational speaker, social scientist, and author. You can learn more about how we can work together at elisecortez.com or gusto-now.com. Let me thank my partner and sponsor, WorkProud. We are a perfect collaboration. Everyone wants to know they matter and that the work they do is meaningful and appreciated. WorkProud is a mobile platform built to encourage employees to share stories and recognize each other's contribution. WorkProud empowers HR and business leaders to help create company cultures where all employees are inspired to feel proud of their work and proud of their company. Learn more at WorkProud.com. With us today is Dr. Claudia Beanie, who has spent more than 30 years working in education, igniting the energy and passion of others. And after a successful career in higher education, she left her role to start House of Shine, a nonprofit that helps people discover what makes them unique and how to leverage their shine for the good of their community. We'll be talking about how she came to conceptualize and create this nonprofit and the curriculum she and her team have created to help people of all ages come alive and step into their shine. She joins us today from Dallas, Texas. Dr. Beanie, welcome to Working On Purpose. Thanks so much, Elise. It's so happy to be here. Isn't it great to be on the other side of the mic? It is. (laughs) It's a lot of fun to think about just answering questions as opposed to crafting them. And then, yes. I know, I know. And you're in your office, which, of course, I have had the extreme delight, pleasure to come and see your museum there in Grapevine, Texas, just outside of Dallas. And I've seen your office from the inside. It's beautiful and colorful and alive and energetic. And I'm happy that you're joining from your own. I can see your podcast mic as well. So thrilled to have you and share you with listeners across the globe. Absolutely. Well, so again, so glad to be here. So I want to get right into how you crafted this thing. You did something that I don't think I've ever heard anybody really, really share and articulate the way that you had about how you really got the idea to start House of Shine. You did three things every day for months or maybe even a year. Tell us, I know what they are, but for for people who haven't read your book yet, which is this, by the way, look at this fantastic book. It's so happy. What's your shine? Oh my gosh, it's so great. So for those who haven't read it yet, what were those three things that you did and for how long did you do them? Yeah, so... uh I, first of all, let me talk a little bit about one of my favorite words, which is margin. I think a lot of magic can happen in our lives when we give ourselves margin. And if, you know, my life is anything like yours, I feel as though that's one of the hardest things to come by. And so I had a point in my life where I moved from one city to another and I was between jobs. And so for the first time in really my adult life, I found myself with, again, what I will refer to as a little bit of margin in my day. Mm-hmm. And 
And so I began walking uh, during that time. Over my lunch hour, I would take a walk that amounted to about an hour and 15 minutes. And um, it's funny when I think about it now, but really, my only, I didn't, they didn't start out as rules, but what I came to realize is what I valued so much about that daily walk is that I would do it alone, number one, and I would listen to nothing. So I had no, um, no form of music or, and I would always go alone. So I was alone. I didn't listen to anything and I would always take the same route. And what that allowed me to do is it really muscle memory allowed my kind of just body to take over. And then I would just take this very long walk and my mind would wander and I would begin to think and I'd have all sorts of ideas. And so really what I did for many, many years is walk journal and then um, through the journaling, really identify themes in what it was that I was thinking about. And so, you know, to your point, the blog that I started and then wrote every day for six and a half years started on my walks. Uh, I would take a daily walk. My mind would begin to wander. Ideas would percolate. I would come home. I would write a blog post. And after doing that year after year after year for so many years, what I realized is that heavy themes were beginning to emerge from my writings. And uh, when I began to think about what those themes were, really embedded in them was the very beginning of what is now today the House of Shine. So in answer to your question, again, it was I walked, I journaled, and I looked for, and eventually I realized and looked for themes in what it was that I was writing about and thinking about. Mm-hmm. So this beautiful thing that you have birthed, this House of Shine, it's a nonprofit organization and it's built on the premise that there are contributions inside every person just waiting to be made, irresistible ways of using our talents and gifts that make us feel as motivated as you did while researching your blog post at your kitchen table. Wow, what a thing to bring into the world with such love and with such a foundation. I'm, I, as you know, I'm a fan. And when I came into your museum, I, I felt like you made it for me. Uh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, what I love about our space is I do say it is a museum, but what we, you know, most museums you go to and you expect to see masterpieces of some sort. And I feel like ours is no exception, only really our space is really designed to help you see if you will, kind of the masterpiece that you are, your uniquenesses, your talents. It's really all about self-exploration with the hope of learning more about yourself. The more self-aware we are, the more successful we can be. And what a, what a fantastic way to turn things around. And just let me, let me give you a sort of an interesting, um, um, if it's a metaphor, I'm not sure. But um, I remember when I watched the Monsters, Inc. movie, and I thought it was so delightful that the monsters were afraid of the children. Right. So you've kind of turned things around too. instead of the museum being an expose of something else, which is, again, that exterior thing that you talk about in your book. You made it about us, the individual who's coming inside of that place. And I think that's brilliant. Yeah, it's it's really I think I say frequently that uh, quiet and time for reflection has become the hottest commodity that we can possibly that that exists right now. There is noise in every form coming at us all of the time, whether that's literal noise by virtue of the car radio or the background TV or the binging of our cell phone, or whether it's more visual noise in terms of, you know, the papers stacked on our desk or the mail that we come home to at night or, you know, whatever that is. And so this, we need 
places to come uh, that are invitations, if you will, to stop and reflect on our lives and who we are and whether or not the life we're living is in alignment with, you know, the life that we imagine for ourselves. Mm hmm. Yeah, a couple of things on that, if I can. So uh, one, just uh, which is my normal practice, I do meditate twice a day. I meditated just before we came on air and came into that nice, beautiful place that's quiet and still for me. That's so necessary. So yes, going into inquiry for ourselves is so important. And what I love about your work is not only have you created a museum that that brings us into that place to invite us, but you've created a whole curriculum, which we're going to talk more about, and all these great tools like these fifty-two cards. Um, that I picked up when I was there. And these are, these are, if you, you correct me if I'm wrong, if I make it right, whatever I don't get right. These are action ver- or words that you suggest that we pull out one a week and we just focus on and see what magic happens. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly. And, you know, really that is, so it's called do 52 and there are 52, if you will, sticks that we will say each one as you noted, Elise, with a verb on it. And the idea is that you, invite that verb into your week and you let it, I always say that when you let that verb sit with you for the week, your head will speak to your heart and it will actually tell you what you need to do in order to, as I say, shine a little bit brighter. But this tool really is an accountability tool. It really is about knowing what you need in order to be your best self and then drawing that verb out each week and letting it guide you as to what you can do in order to, again, live your best life. And so what was your verb that you picked my up? Wor- my verb this week is pump, P-U-M-P. Mm-hmm. And so Did I'm it- pumping up the volume. I'm, I'm doing all kinds of things with pump. Okay, I love that. And I always say, sometimes what you need to do with it will come to you immediately. And sometimes you will look at that verb and it, you, it, it might not even speak to you that week. Sometimes what I do is if it doesn't speak to me one week, I'll join that verb with the verb from the for the next week. Mm, brilliant. And it almost is a real clarifier. So uh, I love that. My verb this week is to recognize, is recognize. Mm. So, uh, you know, what's interesting about that, and just to give a little bit of an example, is one thing I know if in my calendar, I have a column labeled follow-up. And I make notes each week of people that I need to follow up with for various reasons. And this week, when I drew that verb, I knew kind of immediately that I will wanted to use that, use the verb this week to stop and to write handwritten notes to a collection of people who they're just long overdue. But it's one of those things, again, that life gets busy and we put it on the back burner and then one day turns into two and then three and then a week and a month and a year and it can get away from us. So Mm -hmm. as I said, Do 52 for me just really works as a great accountability tool between me and me. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That was such a better rendition than what I came up with. So I knew you would take it home for us. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about you really the whole premise of what you've created here. And I really, really appreciate how tight and beautiful your curriculum is. Um, and having been there with my 18 year old daughter who loved it as well. Um, so you encourage people to record information about their shine, which is shine is, is an acronym that stands for strengths, hobbies, interests, or irritants, needs, and life experiences. And that you ask them to put them into a, a dedicated journal to synthesize information and draw conclusions from it about the work they would most enjoy, among other things. Could you say a little bit more about really what your what that exercise is designed to do for people? 
Right. So the curriculum that we write, uh, let me start off by saying that the curriculum that we write is 100 uh, percent developed in an effort to help unearth or, if you will, Yes, unearth things about yourself. So it's really all self-awareness, self-exploration based. That is the entire, if you will, purpose of every module that we write. So this notion of learning things about yourself and then recording what it is that you're learning about yourself is the really the concept, if you will, behind it is I, I like to equate it a little bit to the um, to dendrology, which is the study of trees. And interestingly enough, inside our our journals that we kind of create for in in house, uh, we have a whole little explanation of dendrology. And we talk about the fact that if you look at the trunk of a tree, you can see the rings in the tree and you can learn a lot about the life of a tree by looking at its trunk, at the rings. You can tell whether or not it's been through a fire or whether it's been through a drought or whether it's been through, you know, an excess of rain and water. And so I like to say the same thing about journals. For me personally, I start a new one each year on a particular day and I view that journal as almost a ring in a tree. So inside the pages of that journal is, is kind of an account of my year and of what I was dreaming about and what I was thinking about and brainstorming and I and and post, you know, maybe somebody else blog post that really caught my attention for some reason or a quote that I saw. So there's no real rhyme or reason to what I put inside the pages of mine. And that's important, right? That it's a little bit uncensored, a little bit unplugged, because really the magic comes not in my having done it once for one year or even a single entry, the real magic comes when you take three, five, 10, 15, 20 years worth of journals and you line them up and you begin to look at them and you see the common themes that continue to emerge. Uh, I will say when I go back over my, you know, 14 years worth of journals, I am watching through the pages of my journal. I'm literally watching the house of shine emerge off the pages, beginning with literally just nuggets of ideas, seeds that look like nothing in the beginning, but really then manifest. And part of the process is stop a stopping to reflect something we've already talked about. And then B just jotting notes, uh, simple, short notes about what's going on in your head, uh, knowing that later on you're going to look back and you're going to be able to make some connections and connect dots that otherwise might seem like disparate pieces of information, but yet are quite valuable. Mm -hmm. I want to just add a parallel to that and that I also do journal as well. I actually I work on three different journals at any one time. But one thing that I have noticed, though, that's quite interesting for me is that if you look at the six years that I've been hosting Working on Purpose, and I think your number 324 episode, if you look at the titles of all those and the content of those, what you will actually notice is the unfoldment of my consciousness. Mm. And it is me coming into being. And now, you know, the first book that I wrote, which I'll talk more about after one of the breaks, uh, really is an expression of that unfoldment. And so it's just what you're talking about, except in an, it, it is in a written form, a, cur a curated form. And it does align with my journals as well, by the way. 
Yeah. See, that's so interesting. And I mean, I think, you know, you're a writer, you've written books, I've written books, and I think it would be easy for people to kind of dismiss this and say, okay, that's great if you're a writer, but I'm not a writer. But I mean, you know, of course, we can look at some Leonardo da Vinci and all, you know, famous people from history and say, look, like there's something to be said for recording the thoughts and the ideas that are running through your mind, because you actually just don't really know how they add up and how they will connect up later. Uh, so it's a treasure. Don't don't you think that you it have- is a treasure and and that there is power in the declaration of it that's what i tell my clients as well there's power in declaring this stuff so um i just am such a fan of what you're doing and after the break we're going to talk more about your actual model so with that let's grab our first break i'm elise cortez your host we're on the air with dr claudia beanie who's the founder and executive director of the house of shine we've been talking a bit about just how this beautiful concept came to be and what is her heart and soul in that. After the break, we're going to get into the model and how it works. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose. An inspirational speaker and author, she helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance, and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization please visit her at elisecortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Dr. Elise Cortez. To reach our program today or open a conversation with Elise, send an email to elise, A-L-I-S-E, at elisecortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. As I've watched the pandemic continue to to go on, we've looked for ways to help companies support their employees handle their anxiety, stress, depression, and feeling disconnected while also helping to lift and inspire them with ongoing professional development. So we now offer a well-being learning series called Grab Your Gusto, Vital Well-Being from the Inside Out. You you can learn more about it at EliseCortez.com or send me an email to Elise at EliseCortez.com and I'll tell you about it. We'll give you a demonstration. If you're just joining the program, my guest is Dr. Claudia Beanie, who has spent more than 30 years working in education, igniting the energy and passion of others. And then after a successful career in higher education, she left her role to start House of Shine, a nonprofit that helps people discover what makes them unique and how to leverage their shine for the good of the community. She joins us today from Dallas, Texas. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Cortez. So, Claudia, before we get into the actual um, model itself here, one thing that I do want to get more into, because I think this is really important what you talk about it in your book, and you know that I'm you know, a geek that reads the book cover to cover, so of course I know where the page came from, etc. But you say in your book, growing up, our education in school and life largely focuses on things outside of ourselves, yet it is self-inquiry that nets the greatest gains in terms of happiness, satisfaction, and meaningful contribution to the world, which you've said before. But then you go on to say... We also don't learn to practice self-inquiry for self-knowledge in the workplace, resulting in dissatisfied employers and workers who keep searching externally for the kind of harmony that most often comes from within. Mm-hmm. Would you say more about that? It's just stunning. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's all about really at the end of the day, it is all about having an internal locus of control and not looking to our workplace, to our boss, to our colleagues, to policies and procedures for, you know, to explain why we're discontent and why we aren't happy in our workplace. At the end of the day, it is really all about having a sense of agency. And I am a firm believer that agency comes from knowing who you are, uh, that really at the very, very base of everything is what do I know about myself and what actions can I take, what decisions can I make and how confident am I about them based again on who I, what I know, what I know about myself. So I can see, you know, just in my own life, how the more I come to know about myself, the more measured my decisions are, the uh, more I guess, you know, reasonable my reactions to uh, less than perfect circumstances are. So again, it's just one of these things where the more I know, the better able I am to respond in a thoughtful kind of measured, if you will, way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just working with a, a, a team today that I just started working with a couple of months ago. And, and we were talking about just how the, as you said, kind of alluded to before, the speed of life just really removes their 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 connection to their own vital heartbeat. So they really don't know why they're doing what they're doing. And therefore, of course, to your point, aren't really able to get satisfaction or fulfillment from it because they don't even know why they're doing it. That's right. So working on getting them closer to that heartbeat. So one of the things I love about your model, Shine, is that you really do help people do that. And I want to take us through that model now. And so our listeners get a, get better access. So the, as I said before, it's an acronym. So the S is for strengths. Um, say more about your perspective on strengths. You know, I'm a Gallup certified strengths coach, so I'm all over it already, but your perspective and in it, in it with the model. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I, I'm a big strengths fan. I am as well. And we have, you know, we're, we're big strengths folks here at the house of shine, but you know, it, at the end of the day, as much of a fan as I am of strengths, I will tell, I will tell anyone it's, that is not the only tool that we can use to actually drive at this, but really at, at, at the end of the day, the essence of what makes strengths work in my mind is that when, first of all, when we are operating from a place of our strengths, we have what I like to see say is almost kind of, you know, an endless well of energy. When I'm caught in the act of doing something that I'm good at and that I enjoy doing and that I get accolades for because I'm good at it, it only makes me want to do it more, right? I mean, that's just makes sense. So uh, the strengths movement, as I'm, sh- I'm sure you've talked about on your show before, is really all about helping people find out their innate ways of thinking, feeling, and behaving. And so our curriculum is designed to do that, right? It's designed to help people identify their innate patterns in the ways they think, feel, and behave, things that come naturally to them. But then we say, in addition to that, in addition to understanding your strengths, There are other things that we want to know about you because I always like to say that this is the backdrop against which all against which you live life. Right. So, yes. What are your strengths? Um, But then in addition to what are your strengths, I want to know what are your hobbies? How do you like to spend your free time? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and then I mean, I guess we can go into each of these with a little bit more. Please do. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So, so strengths, again, we've already talked about that one. Let's talk hobbies. So it's very easy to say, um, you know, well, what, what difference could hobbies possibly make in understanding what it is that 
someone's shine is or what it is that makes them unique. And what I always like to say is there are only 168 hours in a week. And so we're making choices all the time about how we spend our time. And the way that we choose to spend our time can be quite revealing in terms of, you know, where our natural inclinations go. So uh, we even do an exercise with kids as young as the second grade where we have them fill a shoebox with items that uh, reflect their hobbies, how mm. they spend their free time. And then again, as young as second grade, these young people know, they, they know what it is that they enjoy. And so they'll bring in their shoebox with five or six, maybe seven items, and then sit in dyads or triads and look at the items and try to identify common themes. And what's really interesting about it is, for instance, you know, if I were to do that, the things, the kinds of things that I would put in my shoebox would be, you know, probably my journal, probably a book or a bookmark, mm-hmm. uh, probably my colored pens, because I just think more creatively in color. Um, I'd probably put a shoelace because I do love to take long walks. Uh, but, you know, those are s- just a handful of the items that I might put in mine. And what I like to say is that's fine information if you're, if you want to kind of know what to buy me for my birthday, (laughs) but really where it becomes magical, where it really becomes magical is when we go past the, what my hobbies are to really look at what my hobbies have in common. What is it? What is the common thread that holds them together? Because when we look at that, then we can say, okay, I'm going to learn an additional piece of information. So for me, all of mine are items really that allow me to be a in quiet and probably be really actually reflective, which is very true about me and who I am. I am a a more of a quiet person who spends a lot of time in her head. And so my hobbies are a reflection of that. Um, You know, just to give one more example, I think that, uh, you know, my son, uh, even as a young kid, when he was in the second grade and and he did this activity, interestingly enough, when he opened his shoebox and then had to look for what the common themes were, he put in a Lego and a paper airplane. Um, He put in Mm. a pottery because he made pottery. Uh, I, I can't remember every item. But what he realized on his own was that everything in his shoebox was something that allowed him to use his hands. Mm, It gives me goosebumps. Right. Because here's why that's so important, right? So in the second grade, if a young person can self-identify that they lean towards things, hobbies that allow them to use their hand, hands, it just, it helps them see who they are and they can then make decisions moving forward. So, you know, I can give you additional examples of how this had played out even in just our house. But the truth of the matter is now at 14 years old, it is very true. Jack is a very kinesthetic learner. He is much more active and get up and go than let's say his a 17 year old brother who's much more in his head and likes to read and think and, you know, is much more about communicating. So hobbies really, while seemingly simple at the outset, can be very informative uh, in terms of our natural, again, inclinations and tendencies. Mm-hmm. And certainly mine, very many of mine come around, no surprise, communicating and, um, you know, the foreign language, speaking foreign languages and the sound of voices and even just to, so it all comes to communicating. So it's very useful to, to do this exercise for yourself. So listeners and viewers, this is for you. Please do this. So we, we've covered S and H. Now let's go to I, which is 
interests. Oh, you've, well, I guess interests is it's not the same thing as hobbies. Interests and then irritants. Right. So interests are things like these could just be topics. They're not super duper close to us, right? I mean, it's not like uh, a hobby is something that I'm actually doing. I'm engaging in it. And interest can just be something that I'm curious about. It's a topic that when it's being talked about, or if I see an article or hear that there's a podcast or something, I'm going to stop and I'm probably going to pay attention to it. So, so for me, for instance, I would say that I am naturally, I'm very interested in how communities develop. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just am. I grew up in a neighborhood <laughs> where um, there was a really strong sense of community. My parents were involved in the community. And I have always been fascinated. I always felt lucky to live in the community I lived in. And I've always been fascinated by what holds community together. Um, I, another random example is that even at the youngest of ages, I would look through magazines and I was far less interested in the articles than I was in the advertisements. I have always been really interested in advertising uh, and what makes for a good, catchy ad. Uh, So, you know, those are, again, two little examples that whenever something it comes up, you know, an advertisement, I will always stop. I will always linger over them. I will always look longer. And it's because I'm not going to work in advertising. I, my job doesn't really require me to do a ton of it. Um, but I, um, you know, I'm interested in it because I am creative and I'm visual. Like I'm both, mm-hmm. I am creative and I am visual. And so I like to kind of an, analyze an advertisement for why I think it works. Um, and then the same thing, I love to read about community. I love to, I love to notice when I'm in a coffee shop and there is a gathering of, you know, five or six men and I know they meet there every morning. Like, what is it that's making that work? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm very curious about these things and what's interesting and why interests are important to pay attention to a couple of reasons. One, I'm a firm believer that our interests can actually help enhance our personal brand. Mm -hmm. Right. No question. Right. So I take my natural curiosities and my natural interests and I overlay them on top of the way I go about doing my work in my little corner of the world. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it looks different, therefore, than when you do yours or somebody else does theirs. And so in some ways, it's just a little bit of an imprint. It's a little bit of me, um, you know, kind of carving out my little brand just by bringing to it some of the things that I'm naturally interested in. I feel this way about teachers. Imagine if every teacher in every classroom were to bring with them some of their personal interests and were to teach through the lens of some of their interests mm-hmm. on fire for that topic because it's something they're really connected to. And it would, you know, it, it just could be a game changer. Uh, so, and then, you know, go, just one more example would be my love of community. I am getting to use everything I've read over time and, you know, anecdotal stories I've heard, research that I've read, podcasts that I've listened to, books that I've read. Um, I'm getting to use this information that is literally based in interest only, but I'm finding myself applying these concepts to this physical space that we have now opened. And in fact, I would say the very same thing about the blog that I wrote for six and a half years is that it was me actually building community. Uh, So I'm applying my interests to my 
actual job at the time um, and now, and it is creating an imprint that looks different than anybody else's, right? So this mm-hmm. is the value of interests. Mm. And so I want what I want to layer onto that, if I can, and before we go into our break here is, so that is an expression of you. And I love how you talk about how it, it's, it colors your brand, right? And to your point, what I would say from a logotherapeutic lens is you're also expressing some of your passion in that, which is irresistible to people, right? So listeners and viewers, those of you who, who say you don't know what you're passionate about, start looking through your interests, maybe. I mean, look at how passionate that Claudia is about community. Um, my goodness, right? So, so beautiful, beautiful illustration of that. And I do want to cover the other side of that piece, the irritants, but let's grab that after the break. Yeah. I'm with Dr. Claudia Beanie, who is the founder and executive director of the House of Shine. We've been getting into this beautiful shine model she and her team have created. And this is what they use to educate people um, through, of all ages with it. And after the break, we're going to continue finishing it out and seeing more of how it's expressed. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose. An inspirational speaker and author, she helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance, and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at EliseCortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Dr. Elise Cortez. To reach our program today or open a conversation with Elise, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining me, my guest is Dr. Claudia Beanie, who has spent more than 30 years working in education, igniting the energy and passion of others. And after a successful career in higher education, she left her role to start House of Shine, which is a nonprofit that helps people discover what makes them unique and how they leverage their shine for the good of their community. I'm your host, Dr. Lise Cortez. Before we go on, we have to acknowledge a listener who's just popped in, Molly Wade. Molly, thank you for joining us. I love speaking of education. Um, I got to work with Molly years ago when she was in my classroom and we still stay in touch. Molly, thrilled to have you here listening to the conversation. Thanks for joining us. Uh, All right. So picking up where we left off, Claudia, we were talking about what I appreciate about your model, Shine. So we covered SH and part of I, I being interest and the other part of I is irritants. And this is so, so, so important to talk about. Talk to us about irritants in the model. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it's a little counterintuitive, isn't it? We're talking about shine and yet we're talking about things that irritate us. Uh, It's I, I like to say it's a little bit of a clunky word, but really what it's trying to drive at is what is it? that drives you? What is it that motivates you, that upsets you, that bothers you? We believe at the House of Shine that, that it can easily be that your greatest contribution comes through the very thing that upsets and bothers you the most. And again, I have to go back to my own life and say, apathy is mine. Now, I always like to say, look, there are, look around us, uh, there are an infinite number of problems in the world around us. And, uh, and so we, and we don't all care about the same things. We all care about something different. And that's a good thing because again, there are plenty of problems to go around. Uh, So for me, the thing that really kind of unnerves me the most or irritates me the most would just be 
apathy. I don't understand it. I feel like people are apathetic when they just, I feel like the only way to explain apathy is to say you have not yet found the thing that ignites you or triggers you. Because if you were connected to the thing that ignites and triggers you, you would not be able to not do it and do it with enthusiasm and energy. So the key to helping people identify what it is that really riles them up, if you will, is that what you're actually really doing is you're giving them the emotional fuel that they need to pursue something, uh, you know, their, their purpose, if you will, their contribution. Mm-hmm. So Martin mm-hmm. Luther King is such a good example of this. He's a, a good, simple example of this. The, his work wasn't simple, but in retrospect, he, you know, he was frustrated, irritated, insert whatever word, by the injustices. Uh, and so he spent his lifetime working for social justice uh, in order to right that wrong. And so this is the value, is when we know what we care about, and I like to say that emotion is data. And so when we can keep track of and notice and even record back to the journal, the moments and the things that really upset us and rile us up and leave us frustrated or leave us feeling um, unsettled, then we can begin to get closer and closer to contributions that not only will we have the energy for, but the world will really need. Yeah, which is exactly what Molly is saying in her interaction with us on the on the chat room. Thank you, Molly. That's exactly spot on. And so what I also say, I'm working with a leader now uh, in an organization. She is a, a museum expert and she she's really out to uh, right the wrongs of not really telling the full history of, of kind of shading over the, the dark parts of history, if you will, the parts that people don't really want to see. And she's all out to say, no, 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 here's the full story. And so that is her purpose. And, and she can't not do that. And that's when you start getting to see some of the, these pieces, pieces of yourself that come together and perfect example of how irritant really fuels her, really that's fuels right. her. And we need that because just to, to close that out, I mean, you know, this is the, where the resilience piece comes in because the more connected I am to uh, emotion is data. So the more connected I am to what I really care about, the more the, the better able I'm going to be to be resilient when it's going gets tough and it will get tough. I mean, it's a, it's a long, it's for me, I, I don't know about you, but my journey has been a 13 year slog to open this <laughs> house of shine. And some days have been amazing and I've been full of energy. And some days I wonder if it's all worth it. And if I, if I've got another day inside of me, so I have mm-hmm. to love it. We have mm-hmm. to love it. Yeah. You've got to be, you got to have the fuel for sure. Yeah. So let's get to the end in your model, which is stands for need. So talk about need with us. Yeah. So this is a real recognition that we all need something different in order to feel happy and fulfilled, right? And that uh, not only is it important to really know and be able to articulate what it is that you need in order to feel happy and fulfilled, but it's also important to have the skills necessary to advocate for those things. So, you know, as I have... the more I dive into this work, the more clear it is to me what I really need, what I know about myself in terms of what I need to feel my best. So I know that in my typical day, I need I need some kind of balance. I need, if I don't get that workout in, in the morning, my day is just not near as good. And I'm not actually as nice of a person if I don't. (laughs) And I also know that I need to be doing work that allows me to create. Uh, These are just two things. There are more, but these are two things that I know about myself. And so 
the value of knowing this and then again, being able to articulate it is that then I can advocate for it. And so when I feel my schedule getting away from me and when I feel like I'm you know, not making time uh, for exercise and other things that I consider to be that of balance or when my schedule of meetings is getting so far ahead of me that I'm not having any time to think, read, write, create, then it's now I can do something about this. Now I can basically hold myself accountable to bringing things back into um, order so that I can live my optimal life. And again, this is where that do 52 concept comes back into play, which is to say, you know, that verb that I draw every week is that conversation between my head and my heart about how I'm doing. Am I, am I getting what I need to live my optimal life? Mm-hmm. Well, I know for me, what I've discovered is I do need intellectual pursuit. I need to cogitation. So for me, hosting the radio show and reading the books that you write, you people that come on, Claudia Beanie and others, is a, it meets a need that I have. I need to do that. So let's now cover experiences. And I, I, that's another important thing, how we, exp- you say they experience how we think, feel and behave. Say more about why experiences are important. Yeah. Well, just parenthetically, let me say, Elise, one of the reasons you're as good as you are at doing what you do is because you have figured out how to create a job around your innate talents and strengths, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what we're trying to do for people at the House of Shine. That's what we do. We try to find what I would call that point of intersection. So you're just a a great example of that. Um, so experiences. Yes. I, just as much as I love that the word starts, the word shine starts with the letter S because it puts strengths at the foundation. I love that it ends in the letter E because experiences really in my mind are the great differentiator. And what I mean by that is, you know, a a group of people can look like they have a lot of things in common. We can have the same Myers-Briggs or Enneagram type or, you know, insert whatever it is that you want. We could have gone to the same school, grown up in the same community, whatever, have the same color skin, be around the same age. But really at the end of the day, what is the great differentiator are the life experiences that we have had and how those experiences have helped shape the lens through which we see life. And so we can have a lot of things seemingly in in common and yet be wildly different. And therefore our contributions are wildly different. So one of the things that we ask people to do in our work and in our curriculum is we ask them to identify foundational moments. And I always, almost always Mm -hmm. have to explain that foundational moments are not milestone moments. They are not, I was born in this city on this day time. I went to this college. I have this many brothers and sisters. It's not that. Foundational moments in my mind could be the most obscure memory that you have that you remember that you cannot even explain why you remember it. And so I have a handful. I mean, I remember I remember when I was in probably the seventh grade, a substitute teacher buying time by playing a game and he would put a word on the board and then you'd have to remember what or you'd have to guess which student he was describing. Mm-hmm. And I remember he put the word mature on the board and then it was me that he was describing. Now, I don't exactly, I remember being in the moment kind of frozen that I did not want to be singled out. And I didn't know if that was a good word. Mm-hmm. I knew what it meant, but I didn't know, was that a compliment? Like, how would that be interpreted <laughs> by my peers? But for some reason, I remember that. Um, you know, I remember 
I remember too, uh, you know, a pinata that I made with camp counselor when I, I was camp counselor and I spent an entire summer working with girls in my group to make this pinata. And it was a really amazing culminating moment on the last day of camp. And I just, I remember that moment really vividly. And I remember what it was like going to a Catholic school when I wasn't Catholic and going to first Friday mass and having every student step over me in order to go down the aisle to receive communion. And that was an example of a negative experience, whereas maybe some of the other ones were either nondescript, not neither good nor bad, or really happy, positive ones. But the truth is, when I actually look at and reflect on and connect dots between the life experiences that I have had, it becomes really, really clear to see how I got to where I am now. That my experiences and the impressions that they have left on me all along the way have helped shape my path, really. So experiences are essential. Mm, yes, and they're so yummy too. I could, I could share many of mine, but for the sake of our time, short time together, I want to keep going a little bit further. Your model. So you have three parts to your model, and we've been covering the B part, right? B E. Yes, that's okay, right. So now I want to cover just a little bit of the do D O. Um, and so you talk about in the second part of the shine model, the do part is where we transition from discovering what we what engages and delights us to reflecting on what we've learned about ourselves. This section contains actionable steps to further develop and to refine talents and gifts that we've unearthed. Sh- we have short amount of time for this, but just a little bit to situate for our listeners now moving from be to do, if you would. Yeah. So, you know, be again, just all about who am I? What is my being? What do I know about it? Do is very action oriented. This is where we rolling our sleeves up. I like to create an analogy and I say, look at that. You know, here's the deal that you um, it, it, that knowing self is a lot like having a membership to a gym, right? Like we, we, just because, you know, the book that, the book, the book that I wrote, that's your membership to a gym. You can read that book, put it back on a shelf and it will do nothing for you. And you cannot expect that your physical health will change at all. But if you actually flex the muscles, um, you know, our shine muscles will atrophy if they're not used in the same way that our muscles will atrophy if we don't use them. And so this whole section of the book is really getting people to think about the way they exercise their shine muscles, uh, how they use them and work them out every day. And so we create almost, uh, if you will, a matrix where we say time runs across one axis and intensity of time runs across the other. And we say that, you know, kind of the best workouts are going to be some combination of all of those things, something that lasts a short period of time and is low intensity. So that might be something as simple as, um, taking a book to a coffee shop and reading it for a period of time, low intensity, short period of time, right? To something that is longer period of time, but still relatively low intensity. I actually probably would put do 52 in this category and say that this is fairly low intensity experience, but if you do it for all 52 weeks, you're going to have, I think, a transformative experience. Uh, Then you would have something that would last, still be a short period of time, but it's going to be a higher intensity experience. So this could be, you know, you might be a part of an organization that takes you away on a weekend retreat where there's a lot of self-disclosure, a lot of self-reflection going on. People are making themselves vulnerable by sharing things. This is, again, a high intensity experience that may 
maybe lasts just a short period of time. And then in that last quadrant, we would have something that lasts a long period of time, um, meaning it could be six months, it could be a year, but it, and it's also going to be a high intensity experience. What I mean by that is, again, a lot of physical energy required of you and a lot of psychological energy required of you. So this could be a year long course that you're taking. Um, if you were trying to become life coach certified, let's say, uh, this would be an example of a high intensity long period of time experience. And so our development, our ability to exercise these shine muscles fall somewhere in that matrix, right? So we're always trying to find those combination of things that really require us to flex our shine muscles. So well explained. So well explained. Okay, so now just to round out and put a pretty pretty bow on this, the third part of your shine model is share. And that is how we answer the question, to what end? What are my talents? What are my interests? What do I need to see in the world around me? And so that's, I think, where your intersection comes in. Is that right? Yes, that's okay. exactly right. So, okay. you know, so S-H-I-N-E uh, is great. It's a good, important framework. It's the framework that we hang all of our written curriculum around. But at the end of the day, the that framework is designed to inform the points of inter, the point of intersection. And we will say that over your lifetime, you're going to have more than one point of intersection. You're going to have many over your lifetime. Uh, but really, the point of intersection is always where your talents and your interests meet a need that you see in the world around you. And that that need could be anything from a family need to a need in your office place to a need in your local community, your state, your country. It doesn't, you know, it can kind of grow. It scales up or back uh, along with the person, whoever's applying it to their, to their life. So we have many in our lifetime. They will grow with us based on our sphere of influence, as I like to say. So, for instance, I, you know, remember when I was nine years old, um, I gave plays on the steps. Here's, let me actually say one more thing about this. I think that what happens is the more we get to know ourselves, uh, the more reflection that we do, the more we write in a journal and then look for common themes. Here's what I've been able to learn about myself over time. And that is that my talent, right? So, again, intersection point of intersection between talent seconds. Yeah, and sorry. Coming out of time. The talent is for me would be organizing and leading. The interest might be in just making magical moments and the need that I'm filling always is engaging people. So whether I was doing that when I was nine or 29 or 59, uh, really at the end of the day, that is always what my point of intersection is. Oh my gosh, that is a brilliant way to finish, Dr. Claudia Beanie. I'm so glad to know you, have you in my life, have been to your museum, and you're not getting away from me. Thank you very much for, for sharing your heart and soul with us today. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation to be here, Elise. Always. Listeners, if you want to learn more about Dr. Claudia Beanie and the House of Shine, or better yet, go visit it. You can start by visiting online, houseofshine.com. And thanks again to our partnering sponsor, WorkProud, which helps companies build a platform where your workforce receives meaningful feedback and thanks for their work from people across your company. Last week, if you missed the live show, you can always catch it via recorded podcast. We were on the air with Michael Levy, the CEO of WorkProud, talking about how their mobile platform does just that. Next week, we'll be on the air with with Margot Bogers talking about his book, Getting Started with Holacracy, Upgrading Your Team's Productivity. This concept is a combination of getting things done and the agile methodologies. Very, very interesting, very delightful possibilities in this. See you there. Remember that work is at least a third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. 
We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Dr. Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll create a world where business operates conscientiously, leadership inspires impassioned performance, and employees are fulfilled in work that provides the meaning and purpose they crave. See you there. Let's work on purpose. Oh, 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 o